Cue the van. Please hang up and try again. the weather report for tonight um it's uh it's bloody cold out there i've i'm thinking that they readjusted the map and georgia is now somewhere between um uh, vermont and new hampshire somewhere up there because uh it's just stupid cold here in the atl so good evening everyone you're listening to kayak fishing radio i'm chip gibson the tree hugger and uh we're coming to you from the cold and blustery, but no snow, no ice. Well, not no ice yet. Um, I do have a do-it-yourself uh, glacier kit working in my pool in the backyard. So, um, But, uh, man, I hope everybody is in a warm place. And if you're planning on getting out on the water, you're layering up and wearing something dry, maybe a dry suit, float coat over the top of it, because if you hit the water, you're going to be in trouble. Anyway, so good evening to everybody. I see a uh, um, my co-host, uh, Mr. Becker, is uh, experiencing some technical difficulties. You're you're live. Your mic's live. So whenever you're ready, say hi. And from the north side of Atlanta, we got my buddy Jim up there. Good evening, sir. How's it? How's it going, how's, Chip? It's a balmy, well, it's a balmy twenty-six <laughs> on the north side. 26 on the north side. I just checked the porch, and it's uh, 32, and uh, the feels like is somewhere around 24. So we're we're looking for the uh, the mercury to dip down into the low. Actually, we're not even going to be in the teens. I hear we're going to be somewhere around 12 when when we wake up in the morning. So, and in the uh, chat room, uh, someone I haven't seen in a while, or maybe your first time, Sandy Sanborn. Welcome to uh, Kayak Fishing Radio. And, uh, yeah, it must be warm in Tampa there. He's, or Either that or his microphone's froze up and uh, messing up the technology. Yeah. So, but, uh, man, you say you got down to the pond. We were just chatting before the show, and Jim got down to the pond on Monday. It got a little balmy uh, uh, 52, I think, on Monday afternoon. So. Yes, I did. And did you and catch fish, some fish? I pulled out some fish. I did. I nice. several crappy and a small bass, and they came out of the water like ice cubes, flat <laughs> pancake ice cubes. They just kind of slid sideways in the water, and I, when I held them in the hands, they kind of looked at me like you could hold me a little bit longer and warm me up, and then uh, I put them back <laughs> in, and they didn't look too happy about that. <laughs> that water is no. cold. Oh, put me in your pocket oh, for a while. <laughs> that no, water, right? it was cold. I'm going to take a thermostat. i got a thermostat down here I use when I fly fish. I'm going to take a thermostat and throw it out in the pond on a string and see what that water reads, see the actual temp. Uh, see if it will hang in there. 
So Sandy says it's 53 in Fort Pierce. Oh, man. Florida. That would be nice and warm. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Fort Pierce would be nice. So, But uh, I, I saw a uh, post by a uh, concerned angler there that the water temps are supposed to drop down into the low 60s this weekend around the coastal areas. And uh, they're asking uh, con- anglers to be conscientious about that. The, uh, the snook took a hard hit. A lot of fish took a lot hard hit down in the south uh, a few years back, and there was a big kill from the cold water. So just make sure that uh, any fish that you catch in the cold water, that you take good care of them and handle them carefully, keep, get them back in the water. It's... Uh, they're going to have a hard enough time as it is fighting the cold water, especially if they don't find a place where it's deep water, you know. I mean, the fish, from uh, reading this post, and I agree with it, the fish on the West Coast tend to get back up into creeks, and when you get a negative tide, there's not a lot of deep water, not a lot of deep holes there. So um, they're easier to target that way, but when the water temps get cold, they're also easy easy to kill. Ones on the East Coast typically have some places to hide and and uh, find a warm spot, you know, down a little bit deeper water. So, but uh, <laughs> keep as many fish as you can before they freeze to death. Yeah, <laughs> seasons close until February one. That's right. So, I wouldn't I wouldn't be targeting snook just when the temperatures get down low. I mean, it's kind of like here in uh, Georgia, you get to Lake Lanier. Or, and uh, you go out there and you target the striped striped bass, and uh, you could do pretty good on them in the summer. You know they get down deep on the structure up there, and uh, you get over them, find the structure, fish a, a blueback or a shad, and yeah, you can pull them up. But when you pull up a big old striper from deep water like that, and the top layer of water is warm, it's real tough, man, to keep those fish alive and get them back safe. You know so. Um, just practice good conscience and, uh, you know, take care of the fish because it, it's not, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty fragile resource there. I guess Mr. Becker just kind of gave up on it. So how you doing? Mr. Becker. I'm not, I'm not getting any response here. He still must be having technical difficulties. Oh, oh what's that? No, he's, no, he's, no it's he's, mute button he's, difficulties now. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Man. I thought you were the young one in the group. Yeah, well, you know, well. <laughs> early on, it's just not fun. Right? Yeah. Oh, that was Matt. Matt, you there? Let me take you off and mute. Hey, Matt. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> there you are, man. What's the weather like up there, dude? Yeah. Uh, right now it's minus nine, but that would be Celsius. Minus nine. <laughs> nah, we, we got fifteen <laughs> degrees going to zero tonight. Oh, dude! Didn't, You're didn't not go too past far twenty today. Yeah, yeah, but you got snow on the ground. Uh, it's all ice now. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was snow kind of just turned into ice mostly. Right, right, and see now, and and unfortunately. For you, I mean, poor Matt just received a couple of new boats that he hasn't even had a chance to use. So 
Got a big rig sitting in the backyard. Is it all iced up too, man, or you, did you bring it inside? Nah, I, I got it sitting in the backyard, but I got a tarp over all the boats. Um, yeah. I couldn't fit them all in the garage. I got too many boats now. I got to sell some. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, so you haven't even had a chance to get the big rig in the water. Nah. Just, you know what? I, I'm going to go check out the river tomorrow. It was still moving yesterday, but I have a feeling it's probably packed over with two inches of ice by now. Yeah. No, I saw the Great Lakes are frozen over now. It's been a long time since I've seen that, and that's just crazy, man. Big old body of water like that getting froze over. But um, yeah. But you 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 got a dry suit and stuff, right? Because you you're you're used to a little bit colder water temperatures than we are down here in the south. I have a, a semi dry suit, the kind that you tuck in. Um, right. But I am going to invest in a dry suit. Right. Yeah. Hey, I, it's gonna I be was watching, especially for it's early spring this year, I think. Yeah. And I was watching the, uh, I was watching one of the shows on uh, World Fishing Network the other day, and uh, I was thinking they had uh, they had float coats on, you know. I'm like, man, that'd be nice when it's cold, instead of having to put put your uh, coat on and then try to loosen up your PFD to get all that junk under there and everything be nice to have one of them float coats, you know. And I saw one, somebody had one on sale, had some on sale, like the bomber jacket style, so they're just kind of waist high, and uh, had the flotation all built in, nice, nice warm looking coat. But I probably use it this year and then never use it again. Because I tell you, I've got, let's see, the clone is a freshman, so he's got three more years until uh, he graduates high school. Then it's off to college, so seven years, and I'm I'm not going to be. Whenever the temperature starts to drop from about seventy degrees, I'm going to start driving south until it gets back to seventy, and then I'll stop there. You know, <laughs> a lot of wisdom be, in that. A lot of wisdom in that. <laughs> when we were the the first airplane that I flew in a Marine Corps was the OV-10 Bronco, and it had no um, uh, environmental system in it. It was an old jungle fighter, so it was like a Cessna, you know, had little pop-out vents on the canopy, you know, so you could open it up and let wind come in. We'd get in that thing, and we'd be flying out of the desert somewhere or desert storm, and it was like jump in, launch, and then start climbing until you saw 10 degrees Celsius on the temperature gauge on the outside, and then you could pop the vents, man, and uh, cool off in the cockpit. So, But, uh, yeah, man. Nice. Yeah, so... I'm not. I'm. I'm. I just. I'm not really a cold weather sports person. I know that people say, you know, when it's cold, you can always put some. You know, put another layer on. When it's hot, you can only take so much off. But I, I could. I could see adjusting my my lifestyle to match a 70 degree year round temperature. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That whole put another layer on only works when you're under 35. I just want to put that out for the record. <laughs> That's right, man. Maybe thirty-eight. So, in the, in the approaching the mid fifties here, it just doesn't feel good at all. But I do like my new truck. It has a heated had a heated steering wheel. I thought that was just, you know, I thought, oh, you know, that's just crap. I don't really need that. I wish I could just take it off. But now, no, I like it. I like that <laughs> nice, a nice warm steering wheel when I go out in the morning. I'll bet they don't yeah. sell many of them in Florida. 
I, I bet they don't, but there's people wishing that they could have one right now. <laughs> you got that right. And the heated seat and all, man, shoot. That, it was all like, you know, I wasn't looking for the top of the line, you know, all the, all the magic options on a truck because pretty much I like to just take the hose and wash the thing out. But when we bought it, it had all that stuff on there, man. It, that little automatic starter button, yep. I finish my shower in the morning, and I just click that sucker, and that truck is all nice and hot by the time I go out there and get in it. So, Yes, Sandy Sanborn there from Fort Pierce, Florida. Welcome aboard. And uh, we've got uh, with us here on Buzzard Drow, uh, buddy Matt Chum, or Matt, Matt Trucks, Yak Chum, in the chat room. And Jim... Yeah, That's a hy- He's got a hybrid name. Yeah, he's a hybrid. <laughs> kind of like a white bass. <laughs> uh, and JPSW Fish, my buddy Jim there from the north side of Atlanta. Matt is from uh, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, I didn't have too many takers on my, on my uh, post your pictures of your local shop thing. Paul from, uh, from, uh, uh, the kayak store there posted that picture and I thought, man, that is a cool looking store. And then of course, Brad Stevens, you know, he posted up, uh, photos of his shop. He's got a real cool shop there. I just thought folks would just, you got to show the love to your local kayak fishing store, man. I mean, that's where you go. And I mean, right now, if, if we had a local shop somewhere here, I would be hanging out there, you know, in, 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 uh, the flyers, you know, if you do, if you're not flying, you're bench flying, you know. You're sitting in or hanger flying. You just sit around and talk about it. I'd be hanging out at the shop, just doing some shop fishing. <laughs> so, it could, be, yeah, you could be running running a show from your local kayak shop. I know, right? I could. We had one for a while, but it was. I I, I don't think they just they they didn't. Uh, they were down in Peachtree City. He had a little. It was kind of a, a camping slash. Uh, he had a few kayaks and did a little bit of uh, rental stuff. But uh, they were mostly uh, like touring kayaks, you know. And I taking my boats out to the local pond. There, folks are. Where did you get that? <laughs> Is that a kayak or a canoe? <laughs> so, but. Uh, yeah, we have a shop here on the north side, Chip in Roswell, that does stand up, a little bit of touring, white water, and some fishing. They got some Slayers, Hobies, the pedal boats, Hobies. They got a little bit What's of What's the name of that shop? Some wildernesses. Go with the flow. Oh, yeah, go with the flow. Ah, I bought my. Uh... That's like 60 miles from you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, in Atlanta traffic, that's probably three and a half hours. So... Could be. I mean, they had, uh, I was coming on, I work up on the north side, 35 miles from the house. My, It's 35 miles one way to go to work. And coming home the other day, I didn't get out of the shop, out of the office until about 4 o'clock and uh, uh-huh. headed south. It took me uh, one hour and 50 minutes to go 35 miles. So, uh-huh. it was wonderful. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was. It, it's it's not fun, but luckily uh, we uh, practice. We do teleworking, and we uh, 
we get a couple of days of reprieve from that. I do all my phone conferencing and stuff on my telework day, so it works out nice. It's very, very nice uh, program that we we run. So, but anyway, so back to fishing. Actually, you know what? We need a report from Mr. Becker on the Tampa Bay Frogman swim. And before I turn it over to him, all you folks, once you hear about this. You read the results, and you go to Tampa Bay Frogman Swim, or you go to yakangler.com forward slash TBFS. The uh, the, uh, the donation lines are still open, and it's a great uh, program to support. But, Greg, give us us a rundown, man. Tell us the story. What happened? Give us all the juicy details. Sure. Well, the the intro is, and uh, (laughs) thanks, Chip. The intro is that the Tampa Bay Frogman Swim, uh, in its fifth year, is a 3.1-mile or 5K open water swim held in Tampa Bay uh, as a fundraiser for the Navy SEAL Foundation. Uh, The Navy SEAL Foundation supports uh, naval special warfare operators, uh, everybody associated with naval special warfare, and their families when uh, when they don't make it back or they're injured. Uh, And they're currently supporting almost 90 families in this endeavor. Anyway, this was the fifth running of the swim. Uh, I've been involved with it for three years. For the past two years, I've uh, swum with Becca Mann, uh, or I've kayaked in support of Becca Mann. Uh, uh, You should remember that name, uh, B-E-C-C-A-M-A-N-N, because I am fairly certain that sometime in the near future you'll hear... uh, a Jim McKay-like voice uh, announcing her name as she's standing on a podium with a medal around her neck and the national colors rising behind her. She's uh, When I first met her, she was 14 years old, um, finished first in the women's division in the event, and was right on the heels of the, uh, the person who finished first. Last year, she finished first overall in the event, so Becca and I were really looking forward to this year's event. Unfortunately, at a swimming... Uh, competition in Kansas, she apparently picked up a flu bug and uh, wasn't feeling 100% for this event. Uh, So the morning uh, of the event, while we're on the beach getting everything ready, uh, she approached me, introduced me to her older sister, Rachel, and asked if I would mind kayaking uh, in support of Rachel. This was her first swim in the event, and uh, of course there was a lot of smack talk back and forth between the teenage sisters about who would do better, who would do worse. Anyway, Rachel was one of 150 registered swimmers, and I was one of 170 uh, kayak support folks who were there to uh, to make this event happen. On uh, in addition to the 60-plus volunteers uh, outside that group uh, on this past Sunday morning, the 19th. Uh, temperatures at sunrise that morning: the air temperature was 39. The water temperature was in the uh, mid to upper 50s, depending on where you were in the course. So it was a bit of a chilly morning. Uh, that didn't stop anybody from hopping in the water. Uh, and by the time it was done, uh, the first place finisher uh, was a young man named Thomas O'Connor, uh, finished in just a couple minutes over an hour, which is a pretty good clip. Uh, Thomas is actually the son of former SEAL Rory O'Connor, who was one of the race organizers. And uh, Tom's been participating since he was, this is his fifth year participating, so it was nice to see him uh, finish at the top of the pack. Uh, the first place women's finisher was Rachel Mann. Uh, so I now have the Mann family absolutely convinced that placing first is all a matter of the kayak support function. And, uh, you know, there's there's now a, a competition to see whether I'm supporting Rachel next year or Becca or somehow both of them. Um, 
Anyway, uh, last year's fundraiser raised over $250,000 for the Navy uh, SEAL Foundation. The numbers aren't tallied yet. The fundraising is still going on for this year, but I know that this year's fundraising uh, has been a little bit slower than last year, so we're really trying to keep the portals open and let folks know that there is still an opportunity to bring their generosity into play and, uh, and to help support the event. If you're interested in making the donation, Chip mentioned the easy link before. You can go to yakangler.com forward slash TBFS, as in Tampa Bay Frogman Swim, yakangler.com slash TBFS. Every single dollar helps. Uh, the Naval Special Warfare, uh, the Naval uh, SEAL Foundation is a top-rated charity. Uh, a tremendous percentage of every dollar goes directly to services delivered to people who need it. Uh, very minimal overhead, and as I said, they are absolutely top-rated. So we appreciate the support from uh, Kayak Fishing Radio and Yak Angler and everybody else out there who's, uh, whose generosity has contributed to making this thing keep going. Uh, also, a special shout-out to Jod Radkins from uh, Coastal Angler. Uh, the wrap-up story on this and an additional uh, effort to keep the fundraising going will be appearing in uh, this month's Coastal Angler magazine across the state of Florida. So big shout-out to them for thanks uh, and support. Um, lots of supporters, uh, corporate sponsors of the event. One of the biggest ones and uh, a repeat sponsor for, I believe, their fourth year uh, is Killcliffe. Um, K-I-L-L-C-L-I-F-F. -L -L uh, Kilcliffe is a company that manufactures a couple of different recovery drinks that uh, Chip and I have had the opportunity to, to use and uh, I still think very highly of. Not an energy drink, but it helps with swelling and all the other stuff in your joints and helps your arthritis and does everything in the morning but get up and make coffee for you. If you're interested in more about that, you can go to Kilcliffe.com and find out about it. But uh, they are a, a prime sponsor of the event uh, product was developed by a former Navy SEAL, and uh, they do yeoman's work in continuing to support veterans uh, and veteran-related causes and military-related causes. So a big shout-out to Kilcliffe for that. Um, that's about what I've got, although I will say that uh, it was probably the last paddle for the uh, um, current designs Altura, my, uh, my Kevlar fiberglass rocket. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you why in uh, in just a minute. Back to you, Chip. You'll tell us why. I'll tell you why. Add some little little suspense there to the thing, but that's cool, man. Next next year you're just gonna have all these swimmers, you know. I want that Greg Becker guy, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. uh, you know, the, the smack talk at the table at uh, the after party was. You know, uh, Becca telling her sister that the only thing she was going to have to worry about is not getting water kicked in her face as Becca was pulling away from her, and it, it just <laughs> went downhill from there. So uh, I, I will say, though, that, you know, Becca's time last year was under an hour. Uh, she finished uh, in, in, uh, in like 58 minutes, and the, the top time this year was a minute, uh, an hour and two minutes. So uh, I have no doubt that if Becca had been on the course this year, we would have been at the front of the race. The bottom line is, though, that a tremendous effort was put into uh, holding this event and, uh, you know, for a, a cause to get, uh, get funds and support for folks who really need it and certainly deserve our attention. So that was, uh, that was the primary goal, and I think it was well met. Awesome. Awesome. Well done, man. We always look forward to hearing that. <laughs> Great pictures and stuff like that. So, 
Yeah, very absolutely. Cool. A ton of pictures on Facebook. Uh, article will be coming out on Yak Angler very shortly, and if anybody wants to take a look. Yeah, when the when the uh, coastal angler comes out too, make sure you try to get a scan of that for me. Yep. Unfortunately, we don't have a coastal angler here in Atlanta. I guess it's something to do with coastal areas or something like that. So, but, anyways, um, very cool. So that's uh, yakangler.com forward slash tbfs Tampa Bay Frogman Swim. And uh, if you if you're just hankering to support something, get it out of the way. Do it right now. And uh, we all appreciate that. So very cool as the weather goes. But did and so no fishing has been done anywhere except for uh, Jim there going out and slaying a few crappie in the in the. Actually, I think you're just snagging ice cubes, Jim. It's about what they fought like. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they were like cold. I said, we, they were cold. Yeah, poor fish. They're frozen, man. It, uh, it doesn't feel like, I mean, if, you, if you've if you ever, like, you know, been dragging a plug or something, you know, and hook up into a bunch of weeds, that's what it feels like, you know. It's just like all of a sudden you know, your line gets heavy and you're pulling something, you're just dragging something through the water. But, I mean, if if, if you're if you're looking to fish and it, and it gets up into, you know, the 50s or so and, and you're, you're willing to get out on the water and you've got a little bottom machine or you know where there's some structure – the, the 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 I like I mean my favorite freshwater fish for fishing is 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 crappie I mean I like throwing the bass and stuff like that but I mean I'm not too much of an eater of freshwater fish but if I was going to eat some I would eat the eat the little speckled the, the specks or the slabs or crappie as they call them but uh, this time of year they get down around some structure and they'll just all hang out down there you know and uh, they may not all eat every day. They don't need to because they're not exerting, you know, it's that calories versus energy expenditure thing that everybody learns in the food the food tree, you know. But uh they'll they'll there'll be some of his buddies around there, maybe the first one that sees it. But if you just hang it down there and, and everything's gotta be real slow when you're fishing cold water and now if I was gonna go for bass in cold water I might go with I mean, it depends. If I was having not real good luck, I'd throw something big down there, like a like a, a big old lizard or something like that, and just drag it real slow. But the fish will tend to be all ganged up around structure right now, and they'll be in deep in the deep holes in the water. If it, if there was some like you know, little flats areas, go ahead. I was gonna say one thing I like to do when the water gets really cold this time of year is I like to get off the plastic or synthetic material and go back and use. Um, jigs with natural bucktail hair on them. Um, mm, instead yeah. of using a plastic trailer, like throwing a, throwing a jig and pig, instead of throwing a plastic trailer on your jig and pig, go ahead and get old-fashioned pork rind. I've done, I've tested this myself, and pork rind, uh, bucktail, marabou, those little tiny mm-hmm. crappy jigs made out of marabou, all that material stays soft in the cold water and keeps its movement. You know, plastic, if it gets cold enough, that plastic, it's not moving. You know, it's getting hard, and it's going to lose some of its uh, appeal. But those natural materials, they don't they don't freeze until they're in a block of, you know, a cube of ice. Right. No, I agree. In fact, when we were fishing for crappie the other day, I was using some little bucktail jigs, little crappie jigs, and little, um, 
and it, it just tends to work better in that cold water. Um, and and I just you just drop them down and hang them right there in front of their face and just move it ever so slow every now and then, or just little vibration on the tip of the rod because they're not going to go far. But you got to certainly get it up close to them because they're not going to waste any energy. Because as soon as you hook them, all you're doing is dragging them up to the boat. They don't even fight. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. Right. Yeah. Too cold. Too cold, but they will. You you can catch fish this time of year. And like I see Sandy was saying, he caught three undersized redfish on Monday. Um, but uh, black drum. I'm thinking if we see some uh, see some temperatures starting to rise now. We have committed ourselves. I've I've I have sectioned off the uh, the week in uh, let's see in April. I am looking. For, let me pull up my calendar here. April 4th through the 12th. Um, now, the 13th, I, I'm going to be uh, in the Tampa area, so probably that end weekend we'll probably end up there. But starting the 4th, we're, we're going chasing. We're going looking for tarpon. And... Uh, my wife's got a class on the north side of Tampa the the end of that week, so we'll finish up up there. But I'm thinking we're we're, we're looking for tarpon, and uh, we 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 actually might be interested in looking for maybe a flat slam, maybe a tarpon bonefish uh, permit, something like that. But I think we might be going to Florida Bay area, maybe down in the Keys. What was that yeah. date again, Chip? Um, she's got a class the 13th, I think, April 13th. So, But we'll start the Friday before that. So that's all spring break week. So, Very good. So, yeah, we'll be going there. And I said we're going to be chasing some fish, you know, maybe find some little ones there. Are you huh? gonna pull the trailer? Are you gonna pull your? Are you gonna put your RV down to the keys, or are you gonna? What are you gonna? Yeah. What's your billet's gonna look like? Gonna RV yeah, it down? No, it, no. Yeah, I'm gonna take the take the RV because, I mean, it, we can go down to. Uh, there's a uh, there's a pretty nice KOA on Sugarloaf Key. There's also a uh, the uh, the air base there. Key West NAS Key West has a campground there. Yeah. Yeah, so, Stuck Island. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So I do that. Uh, I don't know. I have never fished Flamingo. So the uh, Adventure Fishing World Championship is uh, the weekend after the Boondoggle, 22 February. Uh, so depending upon how that looks, I don't know. We might we might head down that way and see because there's supposed to be some pretty nice flats areas and stuff right there. And, I mean, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't plan on chasing a flat slam in a kayak, so we might be... Hooking up with a captain down there or something to to work that out, but yeah, you know. I would plan on going if you want to permit bonefish and tarpon that time of year. I'd be I would be planning on going down to Key West or at least yeah. down to Marathon or Pine Island somewhere that far south. You you all will probably hook some tarpon in that back countryside at the um, Adventure World when you get, um you look at the Florida Bay side, snake yeah. but that back side. Uh, that's in. You're up in there. You you're probably gonna hook some little baby tarpon up in there. 
Yes, and you know? uh, tarpon is one of the target species, from what I understand. They mentioned that earlier on. So Chris jumped in and jumped out, so he's headed to Mobile. So good on him. Chris Johnson from Pensacola, Florida, was there joining us for just a bit. Um, yeah, that was quick. Uh, but yeah, the uh, for the Adventure Fishing World Championship for folks listening to the podcast, if you've not heard about it, it's a it's a, a one day event. It's Saturday, uh, twenty two February, and we'll be uh, me and a clone will be going down there to fish that. There's uh, it looks like the list says fifty two anglers or fifty two teams. 104 anglers, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I know when I uh, visited with Woody up in North Carolina a couple weeks back, he was just like, it's going to be sick, because I know that there's a portage involved. and um, A what? A portage. Are you gonna have Does to that mean keep, like, like carrying? Carrying your boat <laughs> over some uh, land, because... What up with I don't that, think, yo? Yeah. <laughs> what up with that? I mean, it's like I can't bring my airboat. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, there's supposed to be a portage. My, defini- my definition of fishing and their definition of fishing is a little bit different. I just have to say that out loud. Well, that must that's going to the <laughs> definition of adventure rather than the definition of that's fishing. That's right. That's right. And you know, okay. and that's what they were. Okay. That's what they were. That's what they were looking to do. In fact. um, Unless you what were one of the first, across like land or dance yeah. or <laughs> yeah. I think I think I think most of the time you, you portage across land. Portage across land. Well, you, but yeah. I mean, like you know, you're going around something you can't paddle across, you know, like a yeah. dam or like a down tree or something. Because portaging no, 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 across no, no, no. water is like paddling. Yeah. Yeah. There's no uh, dams or down trees where they're going. No. Uh, have you looked? Uh, at, have you? Can you pull up another window, Matt, and go down to Flamingo uh, on the map there? And it's like right down a bit, right above Key Largo, just a little west. And you'll see a, a big cut. It's like just the very southern tip of the peninsula of Florida. You'll see snake bite. But then when you, if you put it onto the satellite picture, you look in there and you'll see there's, it looks like dry, dry land and some lakes. But that is all like swamp and Everglades, all back up in there and stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so like Coot Bay, yeah. Mud Lake, Bear Lake, you could transit through all those. There's like little tunnels through the mangroves that you can paddle through. And yeah. I think, and there's a canal that goes from the Flamingo Campground Loop. There's a canal that goes all the way up into Coot Bay up in there. And I think they were saying that somewhere along the line, there's a portage back into one of the... Cause, so what they're probably going to do is somewhere back in there, there's going to be a checkpoint. And But I'm going to pretty much stay out in Snakebite in the area, unless they put three of the checkpoints back up there in Whitewater Bay or something, then, then we'll be out of luck. But my game plan is to stay out in the open, <laughs> unless it's just completely windy, and then I guess we'll have to go back into backcountry. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a whole lot of fun for y'all. But I mean, if you if you go to the website and you look at the boundaries of the, the tournament boundaries, it's about 350 square miles of territory that are inside of the of the fishable boundary. Um, and I mean, just to from the camp from the launch site because everybody has to launch from the the flamingo site. 
to the southernmost tip, the furthest most point of the boundary layer. I mean, that includes, I think, Rabbit Key down there, or Sandy Sandy Key is inside of it. And that's about an eight-mile paddle out to Sandy Key. So, Do you guys go out to that Madeira Bay, that area? Um, let's see. Madeira Bay. That's to the east, like straight east from the campground. No, 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 no. Uh, go to, uh, hang on, let me put up the, uh, the link to the, to the map. It's, uh. Yeah, I'm really depressed because I got an invite to come down with the kayak fishing store guys this year and, and, um, I couldn't, I couldn't work it out with work. I was like, ah, man, I wouldn't have been able to fish the tournament. Unfortunately, it was closed, but just to get down there and experience what you guys are going to be fishing through, I think would have been pretty amazing. Well, I mean, last year, uh, there's a link to the map and you can see the, the boundaries there. I just put it up in the chat room. Uh, great. Um, but uh, last year it was out of Everglades National Park over near uh, uh, Everglades City, and very similar size uh, for the for the boundaries. And the clone and I we managed two out of the five checkpoints, and we paddled uh, almost 17 miles. And I looked at and I got that off of my GPS track from. From where we went, so and we were paddling the the sixteen uh, foot canoe. So hey, this year we'll, we'll be in Jeff, separate boats. Yeah. Are you allowed to carry like a firearm for your protection if you're going to be portaged into that mess? Um, I'm I'm not too sure of the requirement or the lack of requirements, but <laughs> you do. <laughs> Um, you guys are allowed you know. to have a flare gun, right? Yeah. You, you, in fact, you, you have to have. There's there's required equipment there, and I mean, if you if you go to the the uh, AFWC has a has a Facebook page, and they've been posting pictures and stuff, and it's like, I mean, I I was born in Hialeah, so I I've been down in the Keys and everything, and I've been to Everglades City, but I've never been to Flamingo, and uh, the the pictures these guys are coming back with, the one of them, the guy's like, man, this gator was just huge. And we looked at the picture, and it's like, that's not a gator, man. That's a crocodile. It was They exactly. they got pictures of saltwater crocs down there. And there was one. Yeah, the croc was saying. up in the damn tree. So, But, uh, yeah, there's that. And then somebody had a picture of, like, an 18-foot python that was cruising down the road. And that guy had a gun, so he had shot it in the head. Um, I yeah. don't think it. There's a reason why you carry guns down there. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say? go down there. He had yeah. croc in the tree. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad enough that the snakes drop out of the tree on you, but I'm thinking that would just ruin your entire experience. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> crocodile come jumping out of the tree at you and stuff, man. I mean, <laughs> I think I that would ain't make funny, a joke. Yeah. No, uh uh-uh. uh. So so there's some places in our country that are still wilderness, like Alaska, when I was up there, I was like, I need to have a weapon. You know? Uh-huh. And right. the Everglades, the number of times I've been through there, between the saltwater crocs, the uh, large alligators, not the small ones, they don't bother you. The big alligators, the saltwater crocs, the water moccasins, the rattlesnakes, the um 
various numbers of pythons that have now infested that area. There are a few um, panthers running around, and there's some black bears. I mean, some of that stuff, when you shoot a, fire, a flare gun at it, you're just going to piss it off. So yeah. like a croc, <laughs> you're, not gonna, you're just going to piss a croc off. Um, if you yeah, fire I think you'd see me down there with my so. Mossberg 500, definitely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there you go. You know, you start talking about portaging, and you're talking about alligator nest of eggs, crocodiles nest of eggs, you know. Uh, like I said, will they let you carry a sidearm? That's all I want to know. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to look into that because uh, I was looking for the picture. I posted up one of the pictures of the crocodiles that they took on the on their little... Uh, pre-fishing trip down there to check out the site and that was a pretty good sized crock um and i'm looking for the uh the one of the of the big snake it is a big old snake and i get i think i would probably be making some real shrill noises if something like that jumped into my boat i don't know if anybody's seen that there was one uh there was a youtube video of a fellow fishing down around there and uh, he was fishing up under some mangroves, and he kept flipping up underneath, and he pulled up a little trout or something next to the boat. It looked like a little three-foot mm-hmm. gator, man, jumped up on the side of his kayak to grab that trout or grab the oh, fish. Mm-hmm. But it hit, the, it bounced off the side of his of his boat. So it was it's pretty crazy. I can't seem to find out the... Uh, can't find that picture of that snake somebody posted, but it was a monster. And I mean, I'm not afraid of yeah. snakes or crocodiles or anything like that, but I just don't want to be surprised by one jumping out of a tree. Um, I had a <laughs> yeah. It, I wouldn't be scared. I would just be surprised, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, don't yeah. don't shoot a hole in your boat, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. See all well, that. Was like, in all seriousness, dang. in all yeah, in all seriousness, when you get up not out in Florida Bay, because there's not going to be any moccasins out there. But up if you had to go in that back country, the old oh, timers yeah. that I fish with in South Southeast Georgia, they always carried a little short sculling paddle, you know. And one of the things they do with that sculling paddle, if they had a water moccasin drop into the boat, they use it to get the water moccasin out of the boat instead of trying to shoot a hole in the bottom of the boat, yeah. you know. So you might want well, to have some, some actually, uh, Oh, sorry about that. You can go ahead, man. No, just... I just looked up the uh, Everglades National Park website and uh, firearms regulations. It says, as of February 22, 2010, uh, new federal law allows people who can legally possess firearms under acceptable federal, state, and local laws to legally possess firearms in the Everglades, just in the park that's, itself. That's correct. So and if you're that. a Florida resident, you can open carry uh, a handgun. Uh, while fishing, camping, or to or from uh, those activities. So, um, I, and if you're if you've got uh, you know a a license that allows you to carry somewhere else, I imagine you'd be good to go there as well. I think there's Georgia and Florida reciprocal. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's Georgia and Florida is reciprocity. There's not one state doesn't. I don't know what it is that Florida um, does. New York hates everybody, so I know they don't. I'm thinking the judge might be coming on the trip with me. <laughs> that's it. I still like the Mossberg 500 idea myself, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. The, the Remington 870 Marine Special. With the, that's exactly. Uh, state, the nickel-plated one. Yeah. So yep. Low brass eights. 
<laughs> I'm not wanting Making to kill the wildlife. I just want them to like. <laughs> I just no, want that'll, them to leave me alone. Them. Yeah, it will. <laughs> so, I I don't know. I might you know. I used to have a bang stick. I don't think I have it anymore. <laughs> that might have been something to carry around. So, but uh, yeah. Those, so it, it's going to be interesting. It's all about adventure. Uh, from what I understand, next year there will be a, uh, a qualification schedule of uh, of tournaments that they'll be set up uh, in different areas of the country. So there'll be like three or four qualification uh, opportunities for folks because. I mean, last year we had 33 teams. This year we got 52. And I think the problem is is when you have to pull a permit to be able to do the event down in the Everglades. So I think that we're always going to – the event's probably going to always be limited to that 100, 102 because of the permit requirements from the Everglades. So plus the fact that it's tough to – I mean – we had a we moved it moved at the last minute from Everglades City over to Flamingo because of some uh, misunderstandings or, or whatever in the scheduling. So, but uh, it's going to be an adventure. That's what it's all about. I think uh, uh, ultimately in like uh, Generation Five or so, uh, Woody and uh, John Grace is the other uh, promoter there, uh, along with Woody Calloway from Native. And I think what they're looking at doing is creating like a multi-day event where you would uh, go down there and really try to get your butt lost in the Everglades, you know, and uh, try to get out there and camp on one of those islands or something. So, but this is about the only time of year that you can really go down there and survive the bugs. I mean, yep. I think the National Park closes a lot of their outstations during the summer just because the bugs, you, you, you would get eaten alive. And I still think that if you don't take uh, DEET with you when we go down in February, uh, it's going to be a mistake. Definitely. The tour, the tour guide that we took in the Everglades, the gentleman who was doing our tour through the east side of the park, right. grew up in Miami, he said there's over a dozen different types of mosquitoes in the Everglades now. I'm sure. How many I'm sure there originally? Just a just a few, just a few, just a handful. Yeah. Oh, ah, so coming from other countries and stuff, huh? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Everything's coming in. It comes in through Miami. You know, Port of Miami. Everything's coming through Miami. Right. But uh, so it, it'll be fun. Uh, the weekend prior to that, though, we're going to be boondoggling up in uh, Crooked River uh, State Park at St. Mary's, Georgia. So um, I think that uh, the That's campground is. No saltwater crocodiles, no 18-foot pythons. Uh, nope. In fact, it'll probably still be pretty cool there, but I'm I'm hoping for a severe warm-up. Uh, but uh, we'll be there at Crooked River. I think the campgrounds are pretty full right now, or at least I think Sandy, uh, Crooked River is full. But if you uh, have a connection to the military, there is a uh, there's a uh, uh, host or a navy lodge that is just about two miles down the road there at uh, Kings Bay. There's also a KOA campground that's just out on, uh, what is that, 95? So there's some opportunities there if you want to join us for Saturday. And uh, we'll be hanging out. We'll probably be getting there 
looks like now that we'll probably not be getting there till Saturday morning myself. But uh, I don't know. I'm still hoping I'll try maybe to get down there. Actually, Friday morning. Uh, I would like to leave Thursday night, but I don't know if I can get there before they close the doors at 8. But still got to work some coordination with that. But uh, there'll be there'll be quite a few folks there. Uh, I know that we've got some uh, some event T-shirts that are going on pre-sale. We're not ordering up a bunch of them. This is kind of like our old school boondoggle. This is a uh, brung, uh, run what you brung kind of event. It's uh, there's no catered meal. We might do a potluck on Saturday and Sunday for folks who just get together and hang out. Uh, but uh, you go through the uh, campground if there's any campsites available or make your own reservations there. There's no registration. You just show up, and uh, we all hang out together and fish. So the big event is going to be on October, and we'll be announcing the location of that one probably Saturday night at the Boondoggle and posting it out on Facebook and all the other media to let everybody know where the next one will be. So, But uh, that is about the, the role for the evening. Um, I don't know. Anybody planning on fishing this weekend? Planning on getting out? Matt, you? You going to go ice fishing? <laughs> I, I might. I might chip a little hole in. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I got okay. an axe. I don't know if that'll you make the whole axe? ice collapse, but yeah, there you go. I don't have go. one of those drilly things they have up in north, but oh, okay. ice auger. Yeah. yeah. I don't have one of those, but no. I I we'll I went. I tried it one time uh, when I was uh, up in Chicago. I've got an uncle up there that, uh, or an uncle-in-law, and uh, he took me out. And that just seemed like more of a, uh, you know, the the nice thing was the ice kept the beer cold, and uh, you sat in a little shanty thing and looked down in the hole. And uh, uh, yeah, so, threw some logs on the uh, the, uh, <laughs> the wood burning stove. We had a little little <laughs> propane heater there, and uh, uh, there it was like it was just kind of like if you just wanted to hang out from civilization, that was what it was all about. But I just didn't I didn't dig standing on the ice. I I didn't feel comfortable walking out on that stuff. Anyways, it's water, man. If you're in water, you be, should be in a boat. <laughs> it, it's solid water, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. How about you, Jim? What do you think? Sunday, it's going to get up to 50, and Saturday, we have winds out of the west-southwest, and Sunday, we have winds out of the west-southwest. I might go Sunday afternoon for a little bit, because Monday, we're back high of 44 northwest winds, so about a day and a half of winds out of the west-southwest. It might warm things up a little bit, but mostly sunny. So I might try Sunday afternoon to get out for a little bit. Yeah, I might give it a try myself if it if it turns out that I only got a little. It's only about two miles down the little pond, and I would like to see if I could find some fish tacos down there to drag out of the water. But Mr. Becker, yourself? Well, as I mentioned before, my uh, my old trusty kayak is is parked in the garage and uh, will likely stay that way because I picked up from the trucking depot today a uh, a uh, Slayer. Propel 13. Woo. So I've got uh, got the boat. It uh, it's big on top of the car. Just reinforces that I need a truck. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of sail area up there. But uh, got the propel drive put together and 
already started some modifications and plan a little bit more uh, before the weekend. So I've already been informed by uh, my trusty sidekick that that we need to get out and break in the new the new kayak. So ah, hopefully, okay. uh, hopefully on Sunday I'll get out for a little while. Nice, nice. Yeah, and, what, and the color? Uh, um, well, as we unpacked it from its uh, black sock at, yeah. at the trucking depot, my wife looked at it and said, "Oh, look, a rotten pumpkin." I believe the proper name for the color is Copperhead. <laughs> A.K.A. Rotten Pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to spread that around among the native pro staff, but I, yeah, no. that's the Rotten Pumpkin. Actually, I think it'll be a great color for visibility on the water. So that's uh, that was a concern. So Yeah, so, all she right. She was just disappointed that, she was disappointed that you didn't get the gator bait pink like Chip did. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> you look you look so good on it, man. So. I wouldn't know. I never saw the pictures, but I'm actually I, um, I, I actually think I need to send a uh I need to send a request to D. Kelly and get some uh um casting for recovery stickers to sticker that thing up and then get me a pink uh, pro staffer shirt to and fish out of it for the uh, AFWC, so I I would certainly think so. And and I think you're secure enough that you could get away with that. Yeah, I got no problems with it, man. <laughs> well, Chip, if you're not gonna wear a pink, if you're not gonna wear a pink boa while you're doing all that, I mean, if you're gonna yeah. do it, do it right, man. Give me some pink Crocs and all that good stuff, yeah. But it's, it's yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's out of respect, man. It's all about respect. So, but you know what? <laughs> the fish don't care what color it is. So, you know, and and knowing my luck, I mean, I'm hoping 2014 is a little different when I start heading toward or say the F word. Uh, AKA, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I haven't challenged it yet, so <laughs> I did pretty good. You know, we went out New Year's Day, put the kayaks in the pond, and we both caught fish. So, I mean. I was I was pretty happy about that first day of uh, the year and we caught fish so uh, sweet water but we still caught fish on the first day of the year so I'm hoping that my luck will change in the salt water and in a little further south from Atlanta so other than that guys I think it's about it for the night I think that's a wrap it's been fun we've been uh, sitting here Thursday on Buzzards Row Matt. Man, stay warm up there. Stay in the basement at least. Matt lives in the Yeti yeah, cooler. Yeah, I'll try, man. Thanks. Oh. And uh, Jim, maybe we'll uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday afternoon. So I still got your yep. number and stuff. If it looks like it's going to be a little balmy, man, maybe we'll give you a call. You run down to the south side. You know, I wouldn't go north because we know the temperature will get colder if I go north. <laughs> That's true. Anyways. Mr. Becker, thank you, sir, for joining us tonight. Pleasure to be here, as always. And hopefully you get some slime on that kayak this weekend. So Absolutely. Until next time, Monday night, Chuck kicks it off here on uh, Kayak Fishing Radio with the Redfish Chuck Show, Monday night kickoff. Tuesdays, and they're going strong. If you haven't listened to it, you probably missed it because you thought 8 o'clock Eastern, and you, ju- you said, nobody's online. But uh, our new uh, our broadcast host of uh, Jaron Wozel from uh, uh, Austin Kayak, he's uh, joining us Tuesday nights now, but it's 8 o'clock Central Time. Hey, Chris. 
jump back in there. Welcome. And y'all have a good weekend. But uh but yeah, so join check out uh Jaren's show there, Yak Fish in Texas here on Kayak Fishing Radio. Wednesday night, as always, we've got the Sweetwater or Low Sodium show with uh Mark Wheeler. Check that one out. He's all about freshwater fishing and fishing tournaments and stuff like that. And then we'll be back here on uh, Buzzard Drill again. So thanks a lot. We'll see you next week. Tight lines. Take a kid fishing. And until next time, we're out of here. Where are we at here? There we go.